Thank you for leading in worship and let us continue to worship as we open ourselves to God's Word, as we reflect on God's Word. I think I've greeted most of you, but uh, again, Happy New Year to all of you. It's uh, the first Sunday of the New Year and um, I was just browsing for different traditions that people uh, celebrate, uh, the, the ways that people celebrate New Year. Uh, it was interesting because it's a lot of fireworks. Um, I don't know what's the thing about fireworks and New Year's. On WhatsApp, I was looking for a, a GIF uh, on New Year and it's all fireworks. It's like, that's not, I mean, it's interesting, but I, I was like, uh, this fireworks and celebration is a big part of uh, uh, New Year's. Um, it was interesting, two, just two um, traditions that I found really interesting. In Denmark, apparently, uh, people break uh, plates outside their neighbor's houses. Uh, they, they go to, uh, they would take pride in the amount of piles of broken uh, plates and broken dishes outside their houses that their neighbors would come and fling in the front of their houses. Some people say it's a way of leaving aggression and ill will uh, behind as we enter the new year. I guess a way of like um, uh, getting the feelings out, uh, but um, apparently the bigger the pile, the more happy, the more uh, uh, proud you are of uh, entering the new year. I, I didn't know about this, but uh, Scotland has some interesting traditions as well, like Hawkmanay, one of them being first footing, you all probably know about this, but for those who are newer, uh, the first person who crosses the threshold of the house on the New Year's Day is uh, very crucial and uh, apparently according to tradition this person should be dark-haired tall male <laughs> uh, so he would bring champagne and drinks whiskey and uh, chocolates and come into the house and that's a, that's a, a matter of happiness some people say it's because back in the days when uh, uh, you scotland all these areas were invaded by vikings the last thing you want to see on New Year's Day is uh, uh, a Viking-looking, like uh, light-hair-looking guy with an axe or something like that. And so they think of uh, dark hair, uh, male, tall male, <laughs> uh, as a sign of uh, good luck and good token. Uh, interesting, I never heard about this, but uh, whatever your traditions are, whatever your New Year's traditions are, I wish you the best and I wish you all God's blessing. Um, and as we have sung the beautiful song just some time ago, that we would be open to God's leading, that we are open to the, uh, the way that God is uh, guiding us in, in life. Um, not, not the most exciting uh, tradition, but we do also have a tradition uh, in church, which is we look at a new theme for the year. Um, so at CC, the wider theme for the whole church, the, Ch the Chinese and the English congregation, is uh, rooted in truth, alive in Christ. Um, and for ICTUS, for the English Fellowship, uh, our theme for this year would be uh, practicing faith. And I think that has to do with how we all here come because we're interested in faith. We're interested in Christ. Um, and some of, in fact, all of us or some of us may be, uh, our prayer may be like Peter who says, uh, help my unbelief. Like you want to have more faith or you have faith. And so we all come interested and looking uh, interested in faith. And I think our goal this year is to think about how we we might have faith that works. We might have faith that uh, practices. And how can we deepen and how can we expand our faith? How can we put this into practice? Uh, we remember what uh, James in in the book of James writes: "Faith without works is dead. Um, faith without practice is." 
essentially good for nothing. Uh, and so we want our life to be permeated by faith. We want our actions to be outcome of faith, right? And so I think that's the, the deeper goal, the deeper desire of our faith for the year. Of course, I know that um, New Year, with all the celebrations, um, there's blessings. There's also uh, bad news that we are aware of. There's illnesses in the family. There's uh, even uh, sudden death um, uh, in, in family, among loved ones. Um, and also New Year, the few days after the New Year's tend to be the time of uh, farewells when people who gather together for celebrations part ways and there's always a bittersweet uh, time when we get back to work or um, it's a time when we return back to work, you go back to our workplaces and you don't quite want to go back but you have to go back and there's always that bittersweet uh, feelings. But whatever it may be, um, uh, may God's blessing, may God's guidance be with us right through uh, the entire year. Uh, and so for the first uh, two months, we are, look, we are looking at Hebrews chapter 11 uh, that Noah has read for us. Uh, you may remember Hebrews chapter 11 gives us um, names, um, a lot of figures of faith, examples of faith from the Old Testament. Uh, today we're looking at one particular uh, figure, one particular person, and that is uh, Abel or Abel. Looking at his, we're looking at his life and we're asking the question, what does the story of Abel tell us about faith? And I think what the story tells us, at least one thing it tells us is that Abel's faith is a faith that honors God. It's a faith that honors God. So um, Hebrews 11 uh, has been read out for us. Uh, I want to go back to the, uh, the, uh, the original story where uh, this, this, uh, the story of Abel is recorded and that is to be found in Genesis chapter 4, verse, uh, I think it's 4 to 12. Yes, uh, Genesis chapter 4, verse, I think it's 1 to 5, sorry. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 to 5. So let me just read uh, this from the ESV. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have got, gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep and... Um, Cain, a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their first portion, fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. NIV says, the Lord looked with favor on Abel, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So this is a story that perhaps you know well. Uh, we have got two brothers, Cain and Abel, um, and they offer sacrifices, and God looks with favor upon the sacrifice of Abel, whereas he rejects the story of Cain. And of course, as we know, the story goes on. When God tells Cain, and we will read that text later as well, when God tells Cain uh, um, that he has offered, um, he has not done what is right, he gets angry and he kills his younger brother Abel. A uh, lot of interesting things to reflect on, but uh, for today's meditation, I just want to focus on the question, why does God favor Abel's sacrifice? Um, Hebrews chapter 4, verse uh, 4 tells us that it was by faith that Abel brought an, a sacrifice. It was by faith that, uh, because of faith, that Abel's sacrifice was accepted. And Hebrews chapter 4 I think I have it here. 
Hebrews chapter 4 says, um, By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. Abel brought a better offering. Why, why is this a better offering? Why was it a better offering? Why was Abel's sacrifice a better sacrifice? There's a lot of discussions about this. And uh, I thought I might just uh, throw them out as a point of interest. There's people who say that it's because animal sacrifice is kind of a foreshadowing of the, the laws that are, that are going to be coming. Uh, the, the, the laws in the Leviticus where God... Uh, uh, directs the people to sacrifice animals as an offering to God. So some scholars say that uh, God accepted Abel's sacrifice because it foreshadows what he's going to tell the people. Uh, I think that's interesting. Um, the other thing that uh, people say, some, some scholars say, is because uh, quite literally God likes meat, uh, but in, in a non-ironic way. Like whenever there's a sacrifice, God demands the best of the meat. Uh, and that is, in a way, uh, shown here. The, the other explanation that people say, a more academic interpretation, if you like, is to say that this is about the profession. A farmer and, um, and uh, a hunter. A farmer being a more sedentary, living, focused, and dwelling kind of lifestyle, whereas a, farmer, a, a, a hunter is more of a nomadic lifestyle. And this is a clash of different lifestyles. And God is... Uh, siding with the minority, the, the, the nomadic people, rather than the settled, civilized, um, um, sedentary people. I think all of these uh, discussions are interesting. Uh, we don't have to go into all of that. Um, I think what we can focus and what I want to highlight here in this story is that Abel's sacrifice, I think, was interesting because he brought the fat portion of the firstborn. Uh, the firstborn and the fat portion. What does that mean? In other words, Abel gave the best, the best of his produce, the best of what he had. Um, Abel gave what was best, what was most precious. Uh, the first, firstborn, the first, uh, uh, the first thing that the first and most precious thing that he had, instead of holding it for himself, he gave it to God. On the other hand, for Cain, if you just go back to this text, it, uh, for Cain. It says, in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord. Uh, almost like an afterthought. Uh, almost like uh, procrastinating and almost, um, you know, it's, it's not a priority. It, it just came out uh, in the course of time. Um, in fact, this is what um, one church father says. Uh, Didymus the blind says, uh, Cain procrastinates and in bringing his offering in the course of time. As if remembering God only on second thoughts. Uh, and and we, we're not told that Cain brought any, he just says, uh, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. We're not told if this is the first fruit. There's no indication. There's no information. It's just the crop. It's just the produce. Uh, in other words, where, while Abel gave his best, Cain just gave whatever he could and whatever uh, he, he wanted. Um, it's not necessarily the best. Um, and why did, we might ask, why did Abel give the best? Why did he give the best? In fact, God says, um, when God confronts, sorry, I don't have it here, but I think um, in verse, uh, Genesis chapter 4, verse 
6 and 7, when God confronts Cain, he says, if you do what is right. In other words, God is saying that Abel has done what is right by giving the best. Uh, you might ask, why is, it, why is this the right thing to do? I think this is the right thing to do because Abel is acknowledging God as his Lord. He's acknowledging that God is the giver of all things uh, and he gives sacrifice accordingly, right? He knows that God is the one who blesses him. He knows that God is the one, even though he is the one working, God is the one who, who gives, God is the one who blesses him and, and he sacrifices accordingly. The gift reflects the attitude of the giver. The gift of Abel reflects how thankful and how worshipful he is when he gives to God. Abel gave the first fruit, the, the, the fat portion, as it says, and he honors God by giving his best. And so the right thing in this case is to give the best thing to God. And this is what is echoed here as well. By faith, he was commended as righteous. It was not so much the meat or the, uh, the, the sacrifice itself that made him righteous. It was his faith that made him righteous. It was not so much the content, but it was the act of faith that made him righteous, that made him acceptable. I just want to highlight two quick um, examples in other parts of the Bible in which this theme comes out very strongly, that God focuses on the faith, the right action and the right heart, rather than the actual content of the sacrifice. It's not so much that it was, it was the, the, the tasty part of the meat, or it was, it was vegetable, or it was meat. It's not so much about the content, but it's the heart and the action that, uh, that God looks at. There are, I, I want to flag up two situations in which, which this, is, um, this comes forward, that God's favor is on the right heart and the right action. In Isaiah chapter 1, um, the prophet Isaiah, God tells prophet Isaiah to, tells, to tell this to his people. The multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me, says the Lord? I have more than enough of burnt offerings, of rams and the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who, who has asked this of you, this trampling of my courts? And he, he goes on. Essentially telling them that you are giving the right things according to the right prescriptions, but your heart and your actions are not in line with, uh, with this sacrifice. And so God rejects all the right things that the people have given because their heart and their uh, actions and their faith is not in the right place. But positively, there's oh, so the, the text goes on. In fact, if you look at the, the last section, uh, God tells um, the people, when you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening because they are, their, their hands are guilty of blood. Their hands are guilty of uh, injustice. So even though the people sacrifice the right things, their, their heart and their actions betrayed their faith, their, their lack of faith, and God did not accept their sacrifice. But positively, there's also a story that you may know well, which is also called the widow's offering. And this is to be found in Mark chapter 12, verse 41 onward. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd put, putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, 
worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Here is the opposite. She was giving only two coins. Um, um, he's, she, she was not able to give the full sacrifice, the full offerings, but she was giving only two coins. And yet Jesus pointed out that her heart and her actions were on the right place. It was an action out of faith. So God's favor is on the right action, the right heart and the right action, which is um, an overflow of your faith. So just like Abel, this poor widow gave the best, gave all that she had, and she honored God by giving her best. And so God favored him. Jesus favored the, the poor widow's offering. What about Cain then? Just a quick reflection on Cain, um, because I think it's helpful as a cautionary tale as well. Cain, seems like Cain just gave whatever. Um, it was not the right thing. It was not the most fitting, um, but it seems like he didn't really think too much about it. Uh, we don't know what his mental state was in the beginning of the story, but we can see how the story goes on and it tells us something about his mindset, his mentality. First of all, when he offered the sacrifice and it didn't work out, he got angry. He was enraged, the Bible says, when God rejected. Maybe he thought, why does it matter? Like, I'm giving something, right? Abel gave that one and I give this one and that's fine. I give something too, right? I mean, why does it matter? Isn't it enough? Isn't that adequate that I at least gave something? Instead of saying, Lord, you deserve more. This is the best that I can have. It's not much I, uh, the best that I can, I can have. Instead of that, uh, Cain was, um, it, it seems like Cain did not have that attitude and he got angry when God was not pleased with his offering. See, uh, Cain could have said, when God told him that this is not the right thing, Cain would have, should have asked, okay, Lord, what is the right thing then? Let, tell me so that I can do the right thing and uh, then you can have favor on me. Instead of doing that, he just went crazy, right? He, he called his brother out uh, into, the, uh, into the field and he killed his brother. He was more about control and self-seeking. His interest was to vindicate himself rather than to please God. He should have sought what is right. He should have asked God and inquired what is right. But instead of that, he got angry. Rather than repenting and finding out what is the right thing to do, um, he did the tragic thing. I, I like what uh, uh, the uh, Old Testament scholar uh, Longman, Trample Longman writes. He says, he writes this, and I quote, Cain kills Abel because he can't kill God. So he kills the one that pleased God. Unrighteous anger results from an interference with satisfaction, a hatred of vulnerability, a love of control. It seeks to gain independence from God and from others. It refuses to trust God who does not comply with what we want. And I think this is what Cain uh, demonstrated. Cain, instead of uh, looking to, to favor and please God, he was looking to please himself. On the other hand, Abel's faith is reflected in his actions. He, he, his faith was a faith that works. Uh, his faith was one that honors God. He gives and he sacrifices the best to God. So, um, 
it's, it's worth thinking just for a moment here about the right sacrifice. We're talking about the right heart, the right action, but what about the right sacrifice? Is it ever possible for us human beings to give a sacrifice that God deserves? Is it ever possible for us human beings to give something that reaches the level of what God deserves? If God deserves the best, right? If God deserves the most valuable thing in this world, what about when we cannot afford it? When we have nothing? And objectively, the truth is that we can never afford what God truly deserves, what God truly, uh, what the sacrifice that God truly deserves. And I think that is why it's good to center our thoughts around Jesus, because that is why we follow Jesus. That is why Jesus is that sacrifice, the, the perfect Lamb of God, right, that can meet that level of what God deserves. The blood of Jesus is the right and the fitting sacrifice, this fitting offering that reaches the level of who God is. Nothing else. Nothing else. Uh, and because of Jesus' blood and sacrifice, because of Jesus' blood and sacrifice, we can come to God and we can worship God, we can know Him, we can have His Holy Spirit. Only because of Jesus' blood and sacrifice, only because that is fitting and precious. That's why we may have only two coins, just like the woman, the, the poor widow. We can have only two coins, but it's enough, right? Uh, it may just be um, uh, animals like that Abel offered, and by, that is far from enough uh, to, to the level of what God deserves. And yet, that is enough. That, that faith is enough because we are, our, our faith is based on the blood of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Our worship here, right, and our lives here, it may not, it will never be, uh, in a way, enough to, to reach the level of God's perfection. And yet, because we come by faith, because we trust in the blood of Jesus, the the sacrifice of Jesus. God looks at us with favor because of the blood, because of the uh, sacrifice of Jesus. Just one final quick interesting thing here. When Abel was murdered by his brother Cain, the Bible says, God says, God tells Cain that Abel's blood on the ground cries out to God and Abel's blood condemns his brother Cain, the killer. Abel's blood cried out for the punishment of Cain, uh, for the justice, for judgment of Cain. So the, one, the blood of the one who is right, the blood of the one who is righteous, um, the, that, the blood of the one who is righteous cries out to God. The blood of the one that God favors cries out to God for judgment and punishment. And yet here in the case of Jesus, the blood of the one who is pure, the blood of the one on whom God looks with favor, the blood of the righteous one cries out not to condemn us, but to free us, to forgive us. And so the, the blood of Jesus, when Jesus is killed, when Jesus was killed, his blood cries out for the forgiveness of the murderers, for the forgiveness of the sinners. The blood of Jesus redeems us and set, sets us free. And that is why we are recipients of God's grace and forgiveness. We are recipients of God's favor because of Jesus' blood. 
And I think that's why we worship. That's why we offer ourselves to God. That's why we have faith in God. We say this word so much about faith. Uh, it, is, uh, it is lynched on the blood and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Simply because we have no offering to bring to God. We have no sacrifice that we can bring to God that is truly deserving. We can only lean in the blood and the sacrifice of Jesus. We have no other thing that we can give. So our response to this free gift of God, that is our worship. That is our sacrifice. What else can we bring in response to this best and the most fitting gift of God? And that is why we honor God. That is why we, we, uh, we, we, we sing, we, we live our lives as a worship because we have been given the best, right? Because we love Him. Because we want to honor God in a way that is fitting, that matches our gratitude and our love. So, um, so for today, I just want us to reflect on, on, on uh, faith that honors God. And uh, as a way of closing, I want to um, invite us to, to pray with me. Uh, really two simple prayers, but ultimately they're actually just one prayer. And I think there's a powerful prayer, New Year's prayer, if you like, that's sitting right here in this, in this story, in this text. And it has to do with this. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of your produce, that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Honor the Lord with what you have. And I think that's a wonderful New Year's resolution, if you like, or New Year's prayer, if you like. So um, I want to invite you to, to make this prayer uh, with me, uh, two sets of prayer, if you like. Uh, and first, let's pray and commit to give our best. Uh, think, of, think of your work, think of your family, think of your homes, uh, or even of play and leisure, or even of rest. Within the capacities that we have, let's commit to give our best, to give what is right and fitting, right? Um, and let that be our prayer, right? Uh, so I want to invite you to, to, to a time of prayer in the next few minutes. Uh, and uh, make this our prayer that we would honor the Lord with our substance and with, with the blessings that he has given to us. Shall we just take uh, a few moments to pray? Dear Lord, we, commit, we, we want to commit and help us in this commitment. We want to commit to, give, to giving our best. We are challenged by the story of Abel, Indeed, you have, uh, your word tells us to learn of faith from these examples. And today we look at the life of Abel. Help us to give our best in all areas of our life. And especially in the start of New Year, we ask that you'll give us renewal and you'll give us fresh perspectives and clarity in all that we're doing so that we can give our best. And for the second prayer uh, shall we just pray that as we give our best let our life be an offering there's a uh, there's a, a piece of scripture in romans chapter 12 that says offer your life as a living sacrifice so for a second prayer shall we shall we pray make this our prayer that we will offer our best the the best that we do in our lives and make that as 
our way of honoring God, that we honor God through the best that we have, that we will offer what is right to God, and that is to offer our best. Shall we make that our prayer? Dear Lord, we know that you deserve the best. And we, we want to commit ourselves to honor you, to give our best. Not because that is, what, um, that, that is what will redeem us, but because that is how we show our gratitude and our love to you. Lord, help us in this new year and in the coming years to honor you like Abel did, by giving our best, by uh, doing what we can. Uh, and to honor you, to love you with all our heart, all our strength and all our soul, and to love one another, just as you have shown us in your example. We thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.